Hello everyone, what's up? I am a Maxter, or Max, uh, and this is the fifth episode of Audox. Oh, wait, sorry, this is the fourth episode of Audox. And on this episode, we have uh, Josh from Blackfire Games joining us to talk about uh, their new game, Unformed, which is on Kickstarter. How you, how you doing? Hey, Max. Well, so Unformed, uh, you just uh, did a Kickstarter for this a few days ago, and um, it, it's this very cool-looking uh, kind of game with um, inspirations from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and the Metroidvania style, um, which is a popular thing nowadays. What inspired you initially to uh, make this game? Well, we've got a lot of fans who are... Um who are big into games, and uh, a lot of them, uh, we, wanted to, we wanted to make a game that sort of combined a lot of elements uh, of many games that we love into one package. Uh, for example, the open world idea, and um, this, this idea appeals to us a lot. And uh, we, since a lot of our staff are, um, are from, are, um, have Chinese backgrounds and Asian backgrounds, we want to sort of do something original and unique that uh, doesn't get a lot of attention, I guess. And uh, so to focus on, a, um, on a, an Asian setting was something that we had been thinking about for some time. Yeah, I mean, it's not something, um, even, even though there's lots of uh, gaming traditionally has a lot of um, you know, connection with uh, Asian markets, you don't see games in Asia super often. Um, so it's always nice to see that, especially with an indie game. Um, and also the art style, I think, is really something striking you notice. Uh, just looking at the game, um, just how everything, it's so kind of angular, but um, it's this nice like mix of 2D uh, modern style. It's, I think it's really refreshing in a world full of uh, pixel art. How did, you how did you decide on that style? Well, we, we wanted to sort of touch on a 2D uh, look for nostalgic purposes for, for fans, uh, I guess, who had um, grown up with uh, side-scrollers in the past, but also modern aesthetics is something, like, like for as far as backgrounds go, we wanted to make something beautiful uh, at the same time while touching on a sort of very familiar note at the same time. Like everything is, like you said, it's very angular, um, a lot of lines and you know, geometry involved and stuff, but I think it's, when you look at it at first glance, that's, that's one of the things that pops out at you initially is just the, the look of it, like you said. Mm -hmm. Right. So how many uh, artists do you have on that team, or is it just one artist? Oh, we have, uh, we have several people <laughs> working, on, <laughs> working on this thing. Um, about, uh, probably about a, a dozen. There are a dozen staff working right now, and uh, we're, hoping to, um, we're hoping to get more involved to, uh, to complete it uh, once our Kickstarter campaign, it, hopefully, once it's hopefully successful. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, so you launched on Kickstarter. What made you decide to go with the crowdfunding model? Well, um, we've seen how successful it's been for other games in the past, and uh, we figure we're, we're the new kids on the block and not many people know about us, and so we figured that a, a crowdfunding uh, campaign would be the best way to sort of get our name out there with uh, PR kits and um, promotions and such. Um, Blackfire Games, uh, we released Runestone Keeper back in 2015, and it was to pretty high acclaim on Steam. It was, it was a, a green light uh, project, and um, we got a lot of fan base from that. But as far as taking it to the next step, we, we wanted to sort of reach out to the public and to, I guess, to make our name more well-known this way. And it's been great so far, actually. We're um, about... We have about 13 days left in the campaign, and we've got a lot of um, great feedback, a lot of good support from from the uh, from the site. 
um, internationally. So we think it's really paying off. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it's interesting too um, that you um, went on uh, Kickstarter. Now you're not currently on Greenlight, right? No, 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 no. We uh, just just ruined some keepers on Greenlight. Right. Also, uh, yeah, and also I think Valve just killed Greenlight uh, now, which so now it's a little different on Steam. But I'm guessing you plan to launch on Steam uh, once the game's closer release, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, right now it's going to be. In 2018, it's going to be on PC, and then we're hoping to hit uh, consoles, Xbox One, and uh, PS4. Huh. So, have you had experience with um, porting the consoles before? Um, this would be this would be probably the the first for for Runestone Keeper. It's um, it's on PC and Mac, um, but the the plan is with the new build to release Runestone Keeper also on console. So this would be our first uh, venture into that area. And yeah, I think it's a de- definitely um, interesting thing to do now with more and more, um, you know, consoles uh, makers like Sony, Nintendo, even now uh, Microsoft embracing indie games. Uh, I think it's really smart to release there, especially with a game like this that I think is going to work um, equally well, you know, with a controller, uh, if not better than with a keyboard. Exactly, exactly. We, I mean, we already have the, the controls laid out for, um, for Xbox One and the controls, I, I imagine they would be much more user-friendly uh, than maybe on a, on a computer, especially for people who have experience in games and give them that sort of familiar hold. Mm-hmm. Right, and when it comes to the mechanics of the game, uh, you say it's the inspiration from Metroid, um, or that the Metroidvania games, the inspiration from Dark Souls, how are you kind of combining all those elements, open world, combat, uh, Metroidvania level design? Like, how are you combining that into one cohesive game? Well, it's basically as, as far as um, you can go back, uh, the game is non-linear storytelling, so you can sort of go back uh, and do different quests. Um, as far as combat goes, um, the bosses are, are surprisingly tough and challenging. So... Unlike a lot of side scrollers, the the bosses they cha- they change every time, so you get a sort of different experience with every playthrough. And uh, with the open world with open world idea, we 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 love that idea. Like for example, um, uh, the Zelda the Zelda series and everything. The the idea of the open world has always appealed to us and a lot of our um, a lot of our team. And so having that element in there, and also we have a lot of uh, Dark Soul fanboys. So. That, that, goes, that goes a long way. Yeah. Also, open world is an interesting thing because you normally, yeah, you see that in the constant um, context of 3D games like uh, Breath of the Wild, which is, you know, the newest Zelda game. But you don't see it a lot in this style of game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that, that's implemented, I think. Yeah, I think it'll appeal to a lot of people too because, you know, you have this idea where you, you, you finish a level and you can't go back or you maybe you wanted to try something else or explore a little more. And I think this will open up and give a lot of options to a lot of the players. For, for, for myself uh, included, I think um, when, I, when I play a game, I, I like to just not feel rushed or like not feel like there's some kind of agenda I have to, to beat on, like, you know, on a time frame. I like to you know, sort of take my time. And I think maybe this will play into it. Um, and so what, what do you think with the main feedback you've done so far, just on Kickstarter or on, um, from your existing community? What have... What have been the main lessons you've learned, or the main uh, the main praise you've gotten? Like, what what are you taking back from the feedback so far? Well, one of the main things that we've read and and heard from just p- different people on Reddit and the uh, the comments are that um, the graphics are stunning. People love at, at first glance. People love what they see, and they they love the idea 
so it's that it's that double punch of just the the concept and the aesthetics um, uh, they said it's got a lot of potential and um, we also get a lot of feedback that um, it's similar to a lot of games in its in its field for example um, there's a really really good uh, metrovania that was released actually the day we released uh, several other similar games were released in the same day and uh, we got a lot of comparisons to these games that they people couldn't tell which game was what and which game they, they should back. Um, so as far as the Metroidvania, I guess, label goes, the, we, we and the, I guess, the association to Dark Souls, this, this phrase, Metroidvania Dark Souls title, it seems to be thrown around a lot. And so, and so I, th I think we're... We probably need to disassociate ourselves so much being compared to a Dark Souls-ish kind of game and to um, make ourselves more of a unique um, item. That way it'll give people a little more, I guess it, it'll give people a little more distinction on who we are and what we are as a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, focusing on your unique aspects like the art style, which I think is definitely something that not many other games have. Um, whereas when it comes to marketing and everything, people can say like Dark Souls or um, HP Lovecraft, and that's really common. And as a result, when you enter a platform like Kickstarter, it can be really competitive and really tough to uh, get funded, I think. Oh, definitely. And you can tell that within the first couple of days of, of how it's going to pan out, because um, I think with a game, with a title like ours, you know, we, we have so much going for it. You know, we've got the um, the low poly art style and the angular graphics and the open world idea and just the the unique uh, storyline and and the um, I guess all the mystery involved in the plot and I think with all these elements combined you know uh, with the first couple of days of the Kickstarter campaign um, we had to really uh, beef up the the medium press because all the other games were all the other games that had been released were um, I guess they were competing for all the attention on Kickstarter, so we had to uh, reevaluate our, our press strategy and just send off, you know, send out to everybody. Be like, listen, you know, we're not this game; we're the other game. So, you know, come, come, come to us whenever you have time. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um. And it, yeah, I think it's really important because the thing about Kickstarter is like, you know, Kickstarter would like you to think I, that you know that you can they, they can be the all-in-one platform for marketing and everything, but the reality is that's not really the case. You kind of need other outlets. You need social media, whatever avenues available in order to um, stick out from the crowd. Exactly. I, th I think it's, it's not good to like rest on your haunches or laurels on Kickstarter. You have to sort of you know, beat the streets, so to speak. And, and uh, it's, uh, it, the, the feedback that we've gotten from internationally is that they've, they've, we've got people on Facebook, um, YouTube, um, Vimeo, uh, some people put our stuff on Twitch to play it uh and which is a great outlet also because uh we we released our demo to the public and so we actually encourage people you know put our video up on twitch you know just just to to see if you like it and just to see how feedback goes mm -hmm. right and uh, do you think um do you think there's any criticism coming from like um like release dates and stuff because you've said you're aiming for a mid 2018 and some people you know like lots of people get angry about you know games with delays or games that are super far out um how do you think it's better to have an achievable, you know, goal like that, uh, like um, be realistic? Or do you think it's better to uh, kind of surprise people or like later on so you can 
release earlier. Well, it's, it's interesting that you, that you asked that. We had a lot of people that um, they, they were wondering about the release date and about when it would be. So for our reward tiers, we, we, we wanted to um, try to make that as clear as possible that once the game is finished, like once Unformed is completed in, in its final version, that um, everyone who backed would, would get a copy of the final version. But in the meantime, you know, we tried to um, make the demo available and also um, all the different rewards uh, to, to tie them over until then. People are wondering, you know, when will it be finished? How, how far along are we? And of course, once we, you know, once the campaign finishes and we have the, the money, we can definitely um, begin the final stretch for it. And so we tried to be as transparent as possible on the website about that because a lot of people have been wondering. Um, you know, we said it's going to be released at this at this point, and do we think that's actually achievable? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I, yeah, I think I think on one hand, it's good to to, to like be honest about that. Um, like mid twenty eighteen which may seem like it's far away, but the th I think the thing with game development is you see with, you know, more and more delays uh, than ever now. Uh, it, things often take longer than you really expect. Um, especially, you know, if you have interest, uh, like you mentioned, um, for releasing for things like uh, Switch um, and whatever, it's like stretch goals. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And also, um, there, this is, as, as you can see, the you know the demo, it this is not going to be the final version. You know we we're going to develop it more and, and polish it until the point where, you know, it's going to be close to as perfect as we can as we can get it. So that may, that we we're going to aim for that time. But like you said, there may be something that comes up, or we we may want to take a little bit longer. But the the ideal goal would be to have it released when we when we stated it originally. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what is your plan in terms of like, so you mentioned like if you do get funded, that's the, the plan is to kind of, um, you know, be able to get it out there. Um, if it doesn't get funded, what do you think you're going to do? Probably seek funding elsewhere um, <laughs> because our, our main goal right now is to finish Unformed. Um, Blackfire Games, uh, like I said, the Runestone Keeper was the first game that's been, you know, unprecedentedly uh, successful on Steam and um, we're doing really, really good there. So we're hoping that that Unform will also uh, take off as well. And so the main goal here for us is to just finish this game because people have been pouring so much energy and effort into it. And, it, and as far as we've gotten right now, we can't stop. You know, we, we have to get, we have to see this thing through to the very end. So um, seeking other ways to finance it would definitely be an option if it didn't pan out. Um, but of course, priority is just getting this thing, getting this thing done. Yeah, well, I think that's good too, because you do have your reputation, you know, from Runestone Keeper. Um, I think that definitely helps. Because um, what was it like earlier, back, you know, when you were releasing Runestone Keeper before you even had um, like a reputation? Well, with Runestone Keeper, um, since it's a dungeon crawler, and for PC and Mac, it was probably maybe it was less ambitious. And so um, it was probably easier to pitch to people because we we hit the local market up a lot too, um, where we were um, around the um, around around Asia and um, California. It was it was sort of like people that we knew were into this stuff originally, and so um, a lot of a lot of backing came from just this already built fan base. And uh, and the community on Steam helped out phenomenally, uh, too. They, it, 
I don't know. I don't know where they came from. They came out of the woodwork for this game, and we were when we were when we were greenlit. Um, it was su it was such an honorable honorable thing for us uh, because you know who were we you know and and uh, we're getting all this community approval and, and support. So it was it, it, it was it was probably easier than it was in, than it is now. And I think it's almost like not the sophomore slump, but you know like you you make like a debut album and then like you know the next one has to be like bigger and better right. Ex right you know so yeah. you've, you've got to supersede your previous efforts and 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 just do something completely new so and also it's tougher because yeah like you mentioned there were those other games that came out that same day whereas on green light especially back then it wasn't so bad whereas on kickstarter you know you have to put in a lot more effort developing reward tiers um, I think it's like a little more work than Greenlight too, just inherently. Right, exactly, and also th there's the, I guess the competition on Greenlight probably isn't so fierce, um, is maybe you know you have this deadline and the pressure, and you've got to you know, juggle these different different uh, hats to make sure it works. But with but with Greenlight, it seems sort of it's it's homegrown, the same as Kickstarter. But I think there was maybe less pressure. Um, than there is than there is now, but it's okay because I, I think that a quality product is going to find its way into the right hands, um, regardless if the if the campaign uh, if we pull off a big win or not. I th I think that there's so much potential and 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 juicy stuff in this game that I think that I think that um, it's gonna it's gonna find its way into the audience eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just on presentation alone, it definitely. Um, it definitely attracts attention in that way. So you have that advantage. And again, you have the reputation, which are both good things to have. So post-release, you know, just imagine a world where you, the game's finished, um, you know, in 20... <laughs> yeah, very nice, in 2018. Um, and you released, you know, uh, you've had a successful campaign or you funded some other way and you're, you know, you're on PC, you're on Xbox, you're on PlayStation. What's next? Oh, um, we have we have a lot of uh, <laughs> we have a lot of ideas um, for for uh, the for the future with black with Blackfire Games. Um, I think the plan the plan then would be to maybe um, try even more advanced consoles. Um, for example, um, we were discussing the. Uh, Nintendo Switch at some point would be amazing to try to tap into. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if they'd be the right platform for Unformed, but uh, for sure to pursue um, more advanced, maybe more consoles, more variety of consoles. Um, we have. We also have a slew of different ideas for games too. This this is Unformed game was just one that we've been working for a while. I think uh, if Unformed would did come out and it had like a a claimed release, I think that would um, jumpstart our back catalog of of, uh, <laughs> of of games after that. Yeah, probably. Um, and but it, yeah, it does, it seems like the kind of game. Um, I think that people could uh really kind of get involved with. Um, and maybe it would be good on a portable system like the Switch. But then again, who knows? I mean, it's I guess it's a matter of like you still kind of have to figure out the game first before you can look at um things like switch support which are obviously you know cost or is going to add to cost and complexity um because it's a you know really different architecture from everything else yeah that's true too um yeah we'd have to the release date would be in 2018 but i think for sure we'd have to get it, all of these things nailed down before anything like that would would come to play um i think 
for a lot of a lot of people who enjoy um, this this type of open world idea, like we were talking about before, I think I think for them in a, in a portable console kind of thing, it, it might it might seem. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I I I think it'd be embraceable. I think I think I think it, I think it could work actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it could. Um, I mean, because it, it's the audience, right? Like, if it was, you know, the PS Vita, it might be a little uh, much because, like, obviously, then it's a similar amount of resources invested, but you're not exactly getting a big audience. Whereas, um, I think, luckily for Nintendo and for a lot of indie developers on their platform, the Switch has really taken off. So it's kind of this, um, no matter what indie game you are, you know, there's a lot of attraction towards that market right now. Right, yeah, yeah, it's a natural market, exactly. That that would be that would be the ideal scenario because it's 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 the it's the new it's the hot thing, you know, it's the it's the best thing on the market right now. And and that's what we we want to get a part of because to spread the word, it's one thing to to, to make it, but like to also become sort of a um a synonymous a synonymous name with what we are, you know, maybe separate ourselves from the Dark Souls idea, but just be, to become unformed, you know, individually and uh, as as it stands. Yeah, and I, I think there's an opportunity to really stand out, like mentioned with the art style, um, but just with the kind of unique mechanics, the setting, there's so many opportunities, I think, that you, that you can really um, set yourself apart in that way. Um, I want to get into um, the story as well, just the kind of background. Uh, where did you... Uh, where did you decide on kind of, um, you mentioned the setting and everything, but how did you decide on this uh, theme of like, you know, uh, immortality uh, and attaining it? Um... It's immortality is, is, uh, has been touched on before in the past, but I, uh, you know, I guess hasn't really been touched on in sort of a negative way before, you know, I mean, uh, you have the idea like, yeah, let's live forever, which is awesome, you know, but on the other side, maybe it sucks. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe, maybe it could be a real bummer. Um, the idea that, uh, there's this, you know, there's this ancient God that, uh, people worship and they crave to be immortal, but actually it turns out to be just a damning thing, uh, instead, um, was really opposing, sort of flipping the idea of something, you know, incredibly coveted and to make it something as a, as a downfall instead. This, this idea sort of has, has appealed to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's. I don't think it's a unique idea in and of itself that immortality can be like a prison, but in games, I don't think that's been explored much at all. Um, the closest I can think of really is maybe Infinity Blade, uh, just just from the perspective that, you know, it's a similar kind of thing, you know, focused on combat, and it has that theme of, you know, you're attaining this MacGuffin device, and there's immortality, but that's as close as I can get, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we also, I think we, we wanted to... Um... To give it an Asian setting too, because just because also uh, there's so much, there's so many stories and and myth and legend uh, in ancient Chinese culture and, and folklore that uh, a lot of these, a, a lot of this was taken from just you know, I guess just you know, folk tales and grandma stories and stuff. So it it, it would also been it would have been a shame to just let these stories um, not see the light of day. So. Uh, having having a platform to exercise these things was also a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the nice things you get when you have like an international, um, you know, studio like you like you have. Yeah, we get a lot of different input from a lot of different backgrounds, and this also helps keep our perspective some somewhat broad. Um, I, I think uh, 
for the game itself, like I guess the the back the backstory. Are you familiar with the backstory? A little bit. I mean, you know, seeing the videos in the Kickstarter page, I haven't played the demo yet, but sure, sure. It's you know the um, the setting. It's you've got the, these these different cults that are obsessed with immortality, and then this ancient god, and then this sort of just this um, this destroyed world, and you know you're the, you're the heroine. This um, the, these these um, these cults and um, the ancient god. This sort of this is what tied into our idea of the Lovecraftian element of it. Um, with you know, you have this um, this deity, this god that all these different groups um, worship, but actually it just you know turns into their downfall. We this is the element that we tried to to tie into the um, Lovecraftian theme. Right. Yeah, it's not Lovecraftian like you see it, you know, thrown around now like Cthulhu. Basically, um, it's kind of a different idea. Yeah. Exactly, and you know, we we read a lot of we get a lot of pushback on that too because they're like, well, so uh, you know, where's where's you know where's uh where's Antar- where's you know where's Antarctica? You know what I mean? Like you know, where's where's the where's all the Lovecraft references? It's, sorry. Like you don't have to be that overt. It can be more. Um, it can be a deeper theme. Exactly, exactly. Because there, there are some, there are some pretty general themes that he touches on that can be sort of you know stretched and and, and used in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think in general, um, just the, this unformed. Yeah, I, th- I think the game it does best when you're yeah emphasizing that so that people don't you know don't get confused because they think oh Lovecraft. Uh, whatever, like I don't know what this is, you know, because they because they've seen the word so many times that it loses meaning, which is which is what can happen in you know like market like gaming. Yeah, it's like saying I love you all the time. You know what I mean? It just it loses its meaning exactly. Well, yeah, this this is one of the things too on on Red, on um, di- different uh, media outlets like Reddit and stuff. We we have to be very very careful with how we label our game because it could get misconstrued in in many different ways or just sort of torn apart if it doesn't if it doesn't meet their expectations. So with with um, with how we market ourselves, we sort of have to maybe we had, we had to sort of reevaluate um, how we explain how we explained ourselves to people. Right, right, definitely. Um, yeah. So thank thank you again for coming on today uh, for this interview. Do you have any more closing thoughts about Unformed or just Blackfire Games? Yeah, um, I we appreciate the time to uh, to talk on 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 the um, on your podcast, and we hope that uh, anyone who's listening, or we hope that it, it brings in some support. But regardless of if it makes it or not, we're still going to be here. We're still going to keep pushing forward, and uh, hopefully, we can bring Unformed to the masses either in 2018 or as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and uh, you want feel like supporting it, uh, there's there'll be a link in the description. Um, it has a ways to go, so definitely help out the game if you can. And uh, but either way, it'll hopefully get to you sometime 2018. Um, and yeah, look forward to that. Awesome, Max. Thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, thank you again, and uh, thanks everyone for watching or listening. We're on YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that great stuff. See ya. All right. See. Bye bye.